afternoon and good evening and welcome to the fancy file podcast the greatest underground podcast that no one ever listens to but you have found us congratulations amen i am your host greg the scott scott not because i'm from scotland and i have with me today probably one of the greatest guest host stars that there is in all of guest host stardom is that true i think it is we have uh make with me mick how are you today i'm doing pretty well just pretty well not like more exuberant well have you ever been exuberant well i don't know but can i be honest with you no all right i'll be honest anyways <laughs> i was at church this morning and there was a gospel choir oh and i have a public announcement to all white people uh you need to step up your game yeah like that's fair yeah, yeah. there's there's just a lack of uh, being serious and, and and sad is not a, a gift of the spirit. We we're allowed to be a joyful. I feel like you and I have much to talk about on this subject. We'll do that after. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> Podcast all about white people. Step up your game on the choir. Amen. Well, so today we only have two of us. Typically we have a whole group of people but uh as the timing of the recording we're around christmas time so and some of you might have noticed we took a bit of a break that was not because we uh hated podcasting only because we took a break that's <laughs> that's it, that's it. it. we're back you know i bet there's some people out there thinking hey they started a series on revelation uh on the churches of revelation and you know, one of the last things they said was, you know, churches can have their lampstand removed and then we vanished. Uh-oh. <laughs> what happened there? But no, that was uh if there was a removal, it was a self-removal. It was it was uh we took a a pause and um, you know, cuz we're not we don't get paid for this. We're not professionals. I, if that might surprise some of you, I don't know. Maybe you can be like we can tell. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, we're not professionals. Um you know, we, we we work on the side, hardly work on the side, depending on how you look at it, uh, depending on who you're talking to. But uh, we we have a passion for this, and we, we love doing it. We we love recording. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe our next series will be on the rapture, and one episode is just going to end with 30 <laughs> minutes of silence. <laughs> that You know what? Talking about that. So... I don't know if we've talked about it. Maybe we have, but for people who are listening, Christian movies, okay, and we there might be differences of opinions, uh, uh, very extreme swings on how we both feel about Christian films, but I have watched quite a few of them, many of them on The Rapture. The, some, some are good, some not so good, but there was a movie that came out. I don't know if it was in the 70s or 80s. It was called Thief in the Night. If you're uh, an older Christian and I, and I don't mean that insultingly, but if, if you're older in age, you might have remembered when that movie came out. And and in that movie, it's about the rapture, right? It's from the, the thief in the night, the, the, the Bible verse that Jesus mentions. Uh, and in that movie, this, this woman wakes up and now before, like they show that she had been spoken to about the Lord and re- repenting and accepting Christ, being born again. If not, you'll miss the rapture. And I guess her husband got saved. She didn't. She wakes up, he's gone, like his razor is still vibrating, I think, in the bathroom, and so now she's freaking out. She hears it on the radio, people have gone missing, and this whole scene plays out where, you know, like, it's just chaos, and then she wakes up, it was all a dream. 
when she wakes up, the end of the movie, the rapture happens and the movie ends. That sounds like that Larry Norman song. Uh, I wish, wish we'd all. Well, at the beginning of the movie, they 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 were they were playing it. Oh, that's fair. Right. So I guess it kind of spoils the movie if you've heard so, the song. Yes, and so it was kind of all around that time, you know, where the the, the Jesus freaks. Uh, that would be something that would be fun to talk about. On oh the podcast. yeah, one of the coolest movements ever. Right. So, uh, if if we did this, it would be like for for those who uh, would remember Thief in the Night, they might call back to that. Oh, I see where they got that inspiration from. At least that's where I got it from. Mick, you just. You know, he just makes stuff up, and, and you're very good at that. Yes. <laughs> all right, Mick, Fancy File Podcast. Where can we uh, find us online and all that? You can find it on every streaming uh, website app. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, this season is not on YouTube for the moment. Right. It, m- it might be at some point. Right. Uh, it might not. Who knows? Might be put up on in bulk, but currently it uh-huh. is uh, only on streaming apps. And I think if you don't have an account to those streaming apps, you can still listen to it, say yes. on Spotify. Yes. Except with ads, I think. So I don't pay for Spotify, but I know I can listen to the podcast on Spotify. Okay, okay. Yeah, my go-to is uh, Google podcast i think no that's fair See, I, i'm telling people my go to i don't even know the name of it i'm like guessing like is it google I, I, no. <laughs> it's the podcast app you use yeah the point is i can listen to it online and it's not on youtube yeah exactly so, perfect uh social media uh we have them yes like and follow uh we have the fancy file facebook page and the christian service facebook page as well right uh christian service on youtube although this season is not on youtube yet uh the there's a lot of other content. Uh, there's Dear Christian Service where we answer questions or have answered questions. There's several episodes of Mick's block, Mick being myself, uh, doing these videos for my youth group back in the day. 2020 was an interesting year. It was. That's I when think, you recorded all that. Yeah, we were. I was going through a lot of cabin fever, I think. <laughs> we all were. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. But yes, okay, so I would encourage you guys those who listen to us, uh, find us on social media, like and subscribe. We keep saying that we'd like for you to reach out. So if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free uh, to, you know, drop us a line. Uh, If you do have any questions, Bible questions, or even comments on things we've said, Obviously, we ask that it be said in a respectful manner. We, you know, we, we know that sometimes we have a perfect idea of how Christians should act, and yet we know at times Christians don't act that way, especially when it comes to disagreements, which, shocking. When I got saved, I didn't think Christians had disagreements. Why well, was, I mean, not just wrong, but I mean, like, if it was a test, and I, I got zero, because, wow, do Christians have disagreements. And woo, we don't know how to express that to each other without somehow calling each other lost. So if you disagree with something we say, like, again, we're not professionals. We're growing in our faith. We're growing in our study of theology. We're learning, too. And sometimes we misspeak. We might actually say something we don't agree with. And that does happen. Or we don't say it well enough. Uh, and, and this actually could be something for 
talking about who Christ is, you know, the incarnation, the Godhead, because some people might not want to say it a certain way. We might say it a way they don't agree with, and they're like, oh, look, they're heretics. And it's like, no, 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 no. We believe in biblical the, uh, truth regarding who God is, who Jesus is. So, again, I'm not just rambling. If you have a question, please reach out. And if we get enough questions, we might do dedicate an entire podcast to your questions. Yeah, this is a perfect time to actually start listening to the podcast and invite friends. Uh, who knows? Season three might be the season where we'll have the most varied guests. Season three. I like that. Everyone's like, season three? Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> this is the third season. Uh, well, actually, we just celebrated our, our second anniversary of doing this i know this is crazy yeah and and mick and i actually had been discussing doing a podcast like this for a long time oh yeah yeah we we wanted to do oh i don't even remember when i I think it had started where we knew a lot of people we were doing ministry with and they had all gone away for the summer and we're like we should do a podcast for them right and then that's kind of where it started you know those who miss us can hear our voices yeah, and still be fed. <laughs> and still you know? be fed. Because we had this idea that people just loved listening to our voices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There could be no other reason why people hung out with us. Right. They just we had these soothing voices and everyone who's listening is probably like, What? <laughs> that knows us? What what do you mean? But and and I remember actually right before a COVID hit, we met up and we, we started to record something and you know, we kinda put a plan in motion and then COVID happened. Or something like that. And then we just decided we went away one weekend and we're like, we're doing it. And we did it. And we brought some other people on. So actually, you getting Mick and I today, this was the original idea. Yeah. It was just Mick and I. It's a lot more laid back than that weekend we went away. Considering the fact that that weekend we also recorded uh, a worship album. Right. We had a massive prayer night. Exactly. Yes. We were right by a fire. Yeah, now we're by a Christmas tree, sitting on couches. This <laughs> yes. is my favorite time of year, I think. At a location we will not tell anyone. This is a secret bunker that has a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, a festive bunker. Yeah, it's a festive bunker to hide from those that want to do away with the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> we were like, what? What country are you in? Well, depending on who you ask, but it's Canada. It's Canada. <laughs> Soon to be a Ram Nation. Whoa. No one's going to know what that means, though, unless you're <laughs> part of a specific denomination. But, yeah. Uh, so we started a series uh, months ago, <laughs> like in the summer, before the summer, uh, on the churches in the book of Revelation. I think that it's so timely, not just now, but all throughout history, but to hear what Jesus had to say to these seven churches. And it's unfortunate. I think a lot of Christians do skip out on the book of Revelation, and they shouldn't. Uh, And that's kind of on them. I don't know if it's – I mean, I think we're talking about Thief in the Night. Maybe you had some movies that kind of scared people away from Revelation. Because I I don't want to use the word horror, but have you read Revelation? There is a bit of a horror element to it. Oh, yeah, it's Uh, horrific. Yeah, in some areas, you know, you got these – creatures coming out of the abyss and so if you put that in a film i don't think anyone has but if you did put that in a film that kind of could scare some people but i th- 
putting that aside, all Revelation isn't about that. It's not just all these horrific events. It's, you know, the first chapter is a beautiful unveiling of Jesus Christ, and then chapter 2 and 3, you get this message to seven churches, which, and we had said, or at least I had said in some previous podcast, that there is difference of opinions regarding if those churches represent periods of time, uh, and hey, maybe that's possible, but I, I do believe that in these churches, you do have elements of what exists today. Like churches today are dealing with problems that those churches existed, or, or sorry, that that existed face. These these are real churches. They they're not symbolic churches, uh, and they had problems. And Jesus came along and addressed it. And we talked a bit about, you know, in the past, uh, how Jesus, you know, brings rebuke at times, and that might upset some people, but that. That is the reality. Jesus does share some hard things that can make us very uncomfortable. And I think that's another thing. Maybe people don't want to read chapter 2 and 3 because I think five out of the seven churches, it wasn't good. The one that we're reading today actually did not have, I believe, uh, a word of correction from the Lord. And now now in these letters, you will see, and why letters, I mean, to the, to the seven churches, You'll have things that Jesus, like, Jesus will reveal something to to them about himself. He'll tell them things that he's pleased with, the things that need to change, calling to repentance, and, and kind of how to walk out of it. Like, do this, not just, okay, repent, but do this. Like, turn and then do this, which is really what repentance is. If you're repenting from something, you're turning from that sin, and then you're going a different path. You're doing the opposite. You're not just stopping, so to speak. There's something that you're doing as well. Yes, you're obviously stopping the sin. Just want to say that so we don't get that letter. What do you mean? You don't stop the sin? Yes. <laughs> so now something that's very interesting, and I believe this is very important for us to remember. You'll notice that in the letters, Jesus kind of reveals something about himself to that church. And that revelation is so important because it will help them in a specific issue they're dealing with. And that's important for us to remember that, you know, theology is important. And what we believe about God, what we believe about Jesus Christ is important because it will help us. If you have anybody, any pastor, leader, friend, person you listen to online that says theology doesn't matter, they're deceiving you. They're deceiving you. Uh, They might say, oh, no, it's all about the personal walk. Of course it's about a personal walk, and of course it's about a personal relationship. But to have a personal walk and personal relationship, you need to know the person that you're having that walk with. Because you could just say, oh, yeah, I'll just say for Mick. Oh, yeah, I'm friends with Mick, and finds out that I'm actually friends with the wrong Mick. Well, it doesn't matter. His name is Mick. And you kind of get people that will say that. Well, it, it doesn't matter what you believe about Jesus. It's Jesus. Well, yeah, it does matter. Because who are we talking about here? Are we talking about the Jesus in the Bible? Or are we talking about a Jesus that was created, who's the brother of Satan, who was once an angel? Because that's what some people believe about Jesus. Because if you believe that Jesus was once an angel, Michael, or is the brother of Lucifer, or was a created being, then, well, you're not actually walking with the Jesus of the Bible. Paul even said, there's another spirit, another Jesus, and another gospel. He wouldn't say that if it weren't true. 
Now, having said that, I would like Mick, who is excellent at reading, to read for us today the passages that we're going to talk about in the book of Revelation, which is Revelation chapter 2, and I believe it's 8 to 11. Yes. Action. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Very good. Felt good? Excellent. So we started with, obviously, verse 8 last week, last time. And Jesus reveals that he says to them he's the first and the last who was dead and came back to life. And we talked about Christ's eternal nature. He's the creator. He's the sovereign Lord. He is God. And I know we didn't get to this, and I actually wanted to discuss this because this church was a persecuted church. This is a church that now obviously all the churches at that time were suffering persecution, but this church was really suffering persecution. And Jesus in his revelation to them talks, the first thing he says is he's God. He's the the first and the last. We talked about it, but I wanted to ask a question, and I I guess I'll ask the question to you, Mick, because you're here. That's good. That is good. And I wish we had a photo to show people because we also have Bumbles with us, but no one's going to get what Bumbles is. How important is it for a persecuted church to be reminded Jesus is God? Well, um, I think the sovereignty of God is a comfort to uh, to anyone who embraces that theology. I think it's easy to uh, to put maybe too much uh, weight in our. Um, I'm going to use the word free will, um, but our uh, ability to to decide and make decisions. And I think sometimes we put too much weight in that. And what can happen is that you find yourself believing that perhaps everything that happens is your fault or your own doing right and it's like well even if i'm doing well and good and bad things happen then suddenly it becomes like your fault and it's like well i guess it's because i'm not doing good enough i'm not and so when we start embracing sovereignty and being like no god is in charge right uh, if we look at the book of job my favorite sentence is have you considered my servant job which put God at the center of everything that's about to happen. God is there beforehand, and he is there through the the tribulation with Job, and he is there at the end of the book. But it is God that says, have you considered? It is not Satan that says, hey, what about that guy over there? No, it's God, and it's a great, I think, um, bomb for us to believe it. Describe bomb. (laughs) B-A-L-M. Okay. Kaboom! (laughs) Yeah. Not that type of bomb. No. Yes. What does a bomb do? It soothes. Soothes my soul. You know, I hear, when I think bomb, all I can think of is that episode on Seinfeld. What? You put the bomb on? Who told you to put the bomb on? (laughs) Do you know what a bomb does? 
Oh, that's gold. So, again, Jesus isn't just shooting the breeze. This revelation is very important to this church and really to all of us. If, if So, one, if you're a church, you're suffering persecution. Remember, he's in control. And that that's hard, I think. Because we want to control everything. A lot of Christians struggle with God is in control. Like, we know that's true. Hopefully we do. Maybe some Christians don't believe that, but I think the vast majority of those do. We know he's in control. But then when it comes time when things get rough, that's when that belief is challenged. It's like, well, is he really in control? Is he really good? Why is this happening? So when Jesus says, I'm the first and the last, he's reminding us, no, I am sovereign. I am God. And he says, I'll neither leave you nor forsake you. He loves us. And so through this, we have to remember there's a plan. There's a purpose behind all this. We may not understand it all. We may not get the answer to why. We actually may never get the answer, even in glory. We assume we'll get all the answers, and and maybe we will. But there's still that mystery, right, trusting him, even then. Well, and you have to remember, we think by looking at these seven churches uh, and Smyrna, who's considered the persecuted church, if we look at the story, really, about uh, about Smyrna, is that we find out that, uh, how can I say, Smyrna itself is a very Roman-centric uh, city. And they are uh, a city that has always been considered this stronghold for Rome. In times of conflict and in war, Smyrna has always been on their side. And so the people there are almost worshippers of Rome. And so the, the hardships that they're going through is very can be very much um, paralleled with what we are going through today. The Bible isn't just an ancient book, and it's very important for us to understand that. We live in a culture that is not Christ-centric. Smyrna was in a culture that wasn't Christ-centric, and they were in a city that was very much in love with the world it was in, in love with its own culture. And so... When we're like, yeah, but that was then, this is us. Well, we're in a similar situation. Um, we record our podcast in Quebec where there aren't many Christians. Right. And the culture is very culture-centric. Regardless of what it is, in time it is still rooted in that. And so any church that longs to obey God is going to find those same uh, persecutions. We probably won't be killed for our faith which is uh, a blessing in this day and age but we know that uh, around the world that's still a thing it happens more often than we think so yeah very good point all right moving on to the second thing that jesus says in this verse he says who was dead and came back to life now this obviously is speaking of his resurrection because i mean if it's not what else is it speaking of now, we know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried, and three days later, he was resurrected from the grave. Now, this is the bedrock of our faith. So when speaking with Smyrna, he reminds them that he conquered the grave. He defeated death. 
So not only is it important to remember Jesus is God, he's in control of, his, of what is happening to his church, it's also important to remember that because he atoned for sin, and we, ha we have an eternal inheritance, we will spend eternity of Christ. And this gives us hope, because that means that this life we're living is temporary. What we're experiencing now, in comparison to what we're going to experience forever, is, is really nothing. I know that's it's easy to say in a living room bunker uh, with a Christmas tree when everything is feeling good. It's hard to say that when you're actually facing death. But that doesn't change the reality. When you're facing persecution or if you're going through a storm, remember this walk of life is temporary. We have a home in heaven. And reading Revelation, you're going to find out more what that's going to look like. It's so important as Christians to remember that this is not it. This is not the end of the road. Oh, man, if this is it, oh, how awful this is. And, you know, like I think of myself. I'm almost 40. It just felt like yesterday I was a teenager, and I mean that. And for some of you, maybe you're older in your 60s, 70s, and you still feel the same way. I just felt like yesterday I was in high school. And, and then you blink, and now it's like, I don't. how many years do I have left? Not that you know, you're sick or anything, but honestly, it goes by so fast. But good news, there's eternal life. And it's not some weird, like, am I there? Am I half conscious or not? Kind of in and out of a coma type thing. No, you're, you're there. You're aware of it. And you're with the Lord. And you're going to receive a resurrected body one day. That gives you hope when you're going through something. And I think one thing that, you know, you were talking about God's sovereignty earlier. When we read that, you know, who was dead and came to life, it's a beautiful theological stance that we also can remember because God being in control is one thing. But then what we read is that Christ was sacrificed, but then by him coming back to life is the sign that the sacrifice was accepted. Amen. Right? And yeah. so Smyrna, who's about to go through horrible persecution and is going through persecution, but, I mean, we'll read a bit later, but... They're told, no, no, Christ's work on the cross was sufficient. You don't have to, to work harder. It has been done. Mm -hmm. The sacrifice has been received by God. That's why he came back to life, to be at the right hand of the Father, forever interceding for the saints. That's the good news so far, right? We're like three lines in, and the gospel has already been reminded to these believers, because it is, like you said, the bedrock of our foundation uh, of our faith. Yeah. And then the second point to be reminded of: He rose from the grave. We will too. The resurrection. Mick, you're talking about the rapture before. That's the resurrection, people. That's the resurrection. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. So for a church facing persecution and death, knowing that death on this side of the grave isn't final, and we're going to be resurrect resurrected, what great hope, what great encouragement we have. And I do believe as Christians we need to live with that in mind. 
It can't just be something that we hear about when a movie comes out, like Left Behind, uh, and that's not to attack those movies. I don't want people to think we're speaking against them uh, or in a condescending way. Or if it's just brought up at a, at a church on, on a Sunday or a, a Bible study, this needs to be in our minds that the resurrection is a part of our inheritance in Christ. That though this body is decaying, we will receive a new body. For those in the grave, they will be they're going to come back. They're going to be given a resurrected body, a new body. For us, if this happens, the rapture happens, when this event takes place, if we're alive, we will be changed. Paul talks about a mystery. Well, not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So this is why theology matters. Because if you don't understand this, who Jesus is, that he's the first and the last, that he was dead and he's, and he's come back, then where's our hope? Look at Christ, our example. He suffered. He died. And he's alive. Right now. So we too are going to suffer. And maybe not in that same capacity, but we know Christians around the world, and maybe there's Christians who are listening to this in countries where they are suffering. And not just suffering annoyances like we think we suffer. No, these there is death potential. Going into jail, this is real. Take hope. God is in control. You will you have a hope, you have an eternity. You have an inheritance, I should say, in eternity. <laughs> Let's word that correctly. Verse 9, he says, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. So here's another comforting passage from the Lord to his persecuted church. And really, not just for them, but for believers all throughout the world in history. He says, I know your works. He knows what we do for him. He sees our toil for him. He sees our hearts. He knows our desires. You may think Jesus doesn't see you, but he does. He sees what you do for him. You're not alone. He's with you. Remember in that chapter 1, and I want to encourage people to read chapter 1 of Revelation. Jesus walks among the lampstands, which represent the church. He's there. And you are a part of the church. Yes, we're talking about congregations, but still, the church is made up of believers. He's with you. Maybe the, to the small church that thinks, no one knows. No one knows what I do. No one knows what we do like the big churches do. The Lord knows. And that's what matters the most. Because it's not about getting recognition from the world. It's about Christ. We serve him. And the minute it becomes about getting recognition from people, we're in big trouble. And a persecuted church, sorry, a church that wants recognition from the world, wants praise of the world, the minute persecution comes, that church, gone. They're, they're, no, we don't. We didn't sign up for this, because the end goal is praise. But if it's about Christ, 
then when persecution comes, that church will still stand because the end goal is Christ. The goal hasn't changed. No matter what happens, you're still going to stand because we're following the Lord in good and in bad. And I, I just love what Christ says about what he knows, right? Your works, tribulation, and poverty. Um, and I don't know if it's because I preach often and my brain goes to like making sermon points all the time, but this idea that God knows what you do, God knows what you're going through, Amen. and God knows what you have. Whether you think it's little or big, God knows what you really have. He says, you know, I know your poverty, but you're rich. Well, they might think they're in poverty, but their right. faith is is full. And Christ says, no, this is this is true riches. But we need Christ to show us that. Mm. We need Christ to open our eyes to what he perceives, right? Because he sets truth. And who are we to say, well, it's not true. Right, yeah. And in the same way, God says, I know your work, so I see what you do. I see it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, I see it. He says, I see what you are going through. In the same way, the tribulations, we may have no idea just how big or how small our battles are right now because it is part of that blessing, that, that covering of God. And But God says, I see it all, and I see it as it is. And so I can rest assured whether I am in pain or joy or suffering or sorrow or, or rejoicing with brothers and sisters, God knows it all. And so I think it's a great reminder for us to go to God in prayer, Yeah. right? Go to God in prayer in all honesty and ask him to reveal to you exactly what's happening. Amen. Yeah, good point. Well, I think we're going to land our plane for today. The fancy file jet is coming down for a landing, Mick. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't know how to land, though. We just did. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I pray that this has been an encouragement to you uh, and that the Lord is helping you. through. If you're going through something, uh, maybe you're a church that's facing persecution. Maybe you're a believer that's facing persecution. Uh, and I hope that, you know, the these reminders are encouragement. And, and, you know, and if you are going through something and you want prayer, reach out. Reach out, send a message, and we'll pray for you. Like we're not gonna announce it on the podcast, but we'll pray for you. You know, and we'll, we'll, we can reach back. Uh, so I am your host, Greg the Scott. I had with me today, Mick. Thank you not for having the Scott. me. Not the Scott. Not the Scott. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it would be funny if you found out you were. Like, you have a, a heritage from Scotland. It would be pretty funny. Yeah. So really, he was Mick the Scott. Ooh. Ooh, what is going on here? Season three is going to be full of excitement. Full of surprises. So thank you for listening. Take care and God bless.